Part 12 of Manchester Poetry, edited by James Wheeler. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Miscellany James Everett, Etna The Reverend Hugh Stoll, Pleasures of Religion The Reverend E. D. Jackson, Earthly Vanities, Rest Henry Wheeler, Ode to the Manchester Free Grammar School The Reverend W. Gaskell Death and Sleep, Come and Pray. William Harper, Coeur de Leon, Kenilworth. James Everett, Etna. Stay, stranger, stay, nor dare ascend the mountain's brow, while clouds pretend the deeper hues of night. When virtue seeks its sweet repose, and villain eyes their fire disclose, to flash upon your sight. Without a star, or Cynthia's ray, or Etna's flame to light your way. Nay, bar me not thus onward borne, to meet on high the blush of morn, the sun's empurpled bride. I seek not nature's commonplace, the homely features of her face, to me, to none denied, beheld by all like spires of grass, or varying seasons as they pass. For these tis not for me to roam, They spring and laugh around my home, The heritage of all. But nature's forms in earth and sky, Which seldom meet the human eye, To please and to appall, And sweep for these o'er land and floods, Her rarest glows, peculiar moods. He sped away, and sped alone, With views and feelings all his own, A stranger to the soil, and not till night her sway maintained, the mountain's swelling base was gained, when all was upward toil, where all around was lovely green, but not a tint by him was seen. Full often down that mountain's side, the molten lava, like the tide when prisoned fountains break, had rushed and roused a country's awe, like Sinai's thunder and its law, when God was heard to speak. Nor man nor beast but quaked with fear, trembling his presence to draw near. For ages had that lava stream, which once sent forth a fiery gleam, been hardened into rock, and o'er it now the soil was spread, and shepherds watched and piped and led the rich and roving flock, while gardens like a wreath of flowers spread beautiful in sunny hours. He trod for miles the cinder-path, the wreck of fled experienced wrath, in brokenness and mass. But now the mountain, aspect stern, engirt with scattered oaks and fern, through which he had to pass. And then, more rugged, open, wild, he scaled the rocks by earthquakes piled, in districts where the gardens lay, it seemed like summer's holiday, with timbrel and with dance, while sterner tracks of fern and oak, like sober autumn, gravely spoke of winter's swift advance. And soon, as higher he arose, cold blew the wind or crackling snows. He now has cleared the snowy wreath and leaves the winter track beneath, like seasons that have fled and presently 
his weary feet begin to feel the mountain's heat, as hellward he seems led. And now upon his breath and eyes, thick stifling sulphur fumes arise. Yet hot as are the rocks below, all swiftly o'er the cope of snow, the coursing breezes sweep. So keen and chilling are they found, he wraps his mantle tightly round, the vital warmth to keep, and toiling long from lower lands, at length on Etna's brow he stands. The first fair glimpse of morning dawn unfolds the crater's mouths, which yawn like Tophet for her prey. From one as round the brink he strolls, the smoke, a vast dense column rolls, then breaks in clouds away. A mighty plume seen far below, the decks and shadows Etna's brow. Around the less terrific void he steps, by crumbling earth annoyed, all crisped with central heat, through chinks with slender space between, the smoke in filmy wreaths is seen, enveloping his feet. Slow curling, whitening, rising, where it dissipates in upper air, the stars all silent one by one, as morn's superior light comes on, immodestly retire, and leave the soul in that dim hour, upon the brink of such a power, a treasury of fire, in earnestness to pass away, and fade like them in brighter day. Within the mountain's labouring womb, as midst infernal heat and gloom, the thunder is conceived, while from the soil with ashes spread, where e'er creation's life seems dead, from age to age upheaved. Hideous abortions of the earth are here brought forth in fiery birth. Upward he sees a clearer sky, and downward as he turns his eye beyond the mountain's base, the sun, as from the ocean's bed, where slumbering he had laid his head, rises and shows his face, bespangling every wave with light, and flashing glory on the sight. No sooner does he mount the skies than waking millions see him rise, in city, field and wood. The vapours dim roll off below, hills, capes and towns in beauty glow, and brighter every flood. Forward to Christ the mind is born, Son of the Resurrection's morn. Once more the stranger sought the plain, But ere his feet the verge could gain, Above where he had been, The heights were wrapped in cloud on cloud, The thunder peals were long and loud, The lightning's glare was seen, In dreadful yet sublime array, Like ensigns of the judgment day. Pleasures of Religion by the Reverend H. Stole. In God alone can our affections rest. If walked to earth, they lacerate our breast, as when the woodbine round the sapling clings, and wastes her wild luxuriance of rings. Full soon will storms those tangled tendrils rend, torn by the shrub it's promised to defend. But if she wisely fear the tempest's shock, and seek and circle round some massive rock, 
strong in her strength, her weakness shall abide, his crag shall stay her, and his cleft shall hide. So let the tendrils of the heart be wound, the changeless omnipresent God around, nor chance, nor death, those life strings then can tear, nor treachery blight them into sear despair. Love, mighty love, can every task beguile, can make the sternest face of duty smile. Mark how yon mother watches o'er her boy, by night her vision, and by day her joy. Unwearied still his ceaseless wants supplies, bears all his tempers, thrills to all his cries. That task a stranger's loathing soon would stir, but love endears the irksome toil to her. Or see, beside the deathbed of her sire, where life long flickers ere the lamp expire, yon pallid maiden, there the live-long night, the slow-paced day she finds her sad delight, to smooth his pillow, or his head sustain, forestall his wishes, share his every pain, the one last solace of her burdened breast, that pain her pleasure, and that toil her rest. Thy love then, Saviour, shall it not endear each painful precept, hush each faithless fear, it makes contrition's bitter cup be sweet, the stony pathway grateful to our feet, reproach and scorn sit lightly on our brow, yea, self-denial is indulgence now. Lo, mounting upwards, how the craven kite seems to aspire, exulting in his flight, yet earthward ever bends his sordid eye, craving for prey, regardless of the sky. Such the dissembler, saintly in his show, his heart the while still grovelling below, his raptures feigned as his desires are base. Misname not him, recipient of grace, forbear misjudging world, forbear thy sneer, tis not religion thou deridest here. But see, afar, swift soaring while she sings, Heaven in her eye and freedom on her wings. The joyous lark pursues her high career. Nor casts one glance on all the turmoil here. Expressive emblem of the saint indeed. His heart and life harmonious with his creed. In spirit simple as in purpose clean. Truth in his eye and nature in his mien. His bearing speaks him of celestial birth. He walks a pilgrim hastening from the earth, a stranger, doomed awhile to toil and roam mid foreign climes, but still in heart at home. True, he can hail, if gushing undefiled, the native springs which still refresh this wild, but halts not long, intent on ardent haste, where others build, he pauses but to taste. The world in vain would lull him on her breast, where sin has ravaged, he can never rest. Hail, gracious Sabbath, to the heavenly mind. Thy dawn, how welcome, thy repose, how kind. Oh, how benign thy orient beams are shed through latticed window on the poor man's bed. The pious poor man, gilding all his woe, his clean-swept cottage smiling with the glow, 
whilst light of heart from dreamless sleep he springs, on mercy musing, till for joy he sings. His thoughtful spouse has laid in neat array the well-saved garment sacred to the day, with dewy flowers, the peasant's only gem, yet Judah's monarch could not vie with them, nor vie the transport's intellect bestows, when reason triumphs, or when fancy glows. They cannot paragon that peace of heart, which Sabbath scenes to holy cots impart. Unbought, unlaboured, fresh from heaven's own clime, in nature simple, as in kind sublime. Divine Religion, by thy sire's decree, respect of persons has no place with thee. Wit's learning genius charm the favoured few, Thy blessings fall unstinted as the dew. No soul so vast, but thou canst overflow, But thou canst elevate, no mind so low. Thy bounty free as beams the lamp of day, Which lights and gladdens with impartial ray The gorgeous palace or the homely cell, The wide horizon or the narrow dell. Hark! Echoing sweetly down yon winding vale, Now swells, now fades upon the whispering gale, The Sabbath-speaking bell. How dear is tone, heard amid the general hush, So sacredly alone. The vain may slight it, and the scorn a sneer, It falls in melody on many an ear. Full many a heart throbs lighter at the sound, Full many a fettered spirit feels unbound. Prompt at its calls, the hills, the valleys teem. Lo, cheerful groups from every hamlet stream, Meandering many a devious path along, In social converse or in hallowed song, Then meet and mingle in yon house of prayer, And youth and age and wants and wealth are there. Earthly Vanities by the Reverend E. D. Jackson the sun was hid in misty shroud, The autumn winds were piping loud, And thick with varied hues around, The falling leaves bestrewed the ground. When to a deep secluded vale, A youth retired to breathe his tale. Pale was his brow, and wan his form, Which drooped and bowed before the storm, And thus he poured his plaintive sighs, O vanity of vanities! How vain is nature's brightest bloom! She decks her for the silent tomb. Low in the dust forlorn ye lie. Sweet flowers, ye blossom but to die. The brightness of the sylvan scene, The mountains tall, the meadows green. Why do ye thus your charms display? Tis but to flourish for a day. In mockery ye bless my eyes, Or vanity of vanities. And I have sought the world around, But peace, alas, have never found I loved. Another sought the maid, Through paltry gold I was betrayed, For honour's ties I next would thirst, I grasped the bubbles, and they burst, And wealth, like painted insect gay, I caught, to brush its charms away. What is not vain beneath the skies, Or vanity of vanities? 
Oh, that upon my quiet bed I could repose this aching head. Though rude the storm and bleak the wind, yet friends of earth are more unkind. But must I leave thee, nature too, this earth of green, this sky of blue? Though death for me should smile serene, to grief to leave so fair a scene. Despite that voice which solemn cries, O vanity of vanities! My heart is sick, and o'er me creep death's broodings, shadows dark and deep. My mother earth, unfold thy breast, and let thy hapless offspring rest. Sweet flowers, again your charms will shine, but they must deck this grave of mine. The earth shall bloom and smile the sky, but they must glad another's eye. Vain man, how soon thus beauty dies, tis vanity of vanities. He spoke, when thus before his sight replied a form of heavenly light. Does nature's brightest charm consume, tis sin that sinks her to the tomb. Does pleasure's cup so treacherous shine, tis sin that poisons all the wine. If earthly bliss itself destroys, then wake, O man, to nobler joys, to soar where perfect pleasure lies, no vanity of vanities. He said, Fierce blew the eastern blast, while the youth knelt and breathed his last, a prayer of silent joy addressed, then calmly took his peaceful rest. Spring smiled again with pleasant hue, the earth was green, the sky was blue, but he who sung their charms before would look and love and sigh no more. Enough for him those cloudless skies where are no earthly vanities. Rest by the Reverend E. D. Jackson How sweet the hour of soft repose when the tired world forgets its woes when gentle peace in silence reigns, and not a zephyr sweeps the plains, when not a breath disturbs the woods, and feebly sigh the murmuring floods, when winds are hushed upon the deep, and waters all are lulled to sleep, while the fair moon, with rays serene, o'erspreads the stilly, pensive scene. This is rest, grateful rest, Nature rests with toil oppressed. But sweeter far the peaceful hour, When passions wild have lost their power, When storms of conscious guilt are o'er, And anxious fears disturb no more, When Jesus' blood has given release, And to thy spirit whispered peace, When God upon thy soul hath smiled, In Christ a father reconciled, and thou canst feel, thy grace divine, that thou art his, and he is thine. This is rest, heavenly rest, such as dwells among the blessed. Ode to the Manchester Free Grammar School by Henry Wheeler Full from the verge of famed mill brow, proud grammar school, I view thee now. I view each old unfading token, thy crackling walls, thy windows broken, and think, as thus I silent gaze, 
on the past scenes of other days. How oft against thy massive wall I've hurled my bounding catch-a-ball, or round thy gateway huge and thick I've joined in Willie's ground on tick, or played on dark November morn at buttermilk and barleycorn. Ah, such were then the jocund plays that oft were mine in schoolboy days. I sought no sorrow, knew no woe, save what perchance might sometimes flow from learning lessons overnight, or wanting wind to fly my kite. Yet oft, thou towering grammar school, have I, like many another fool, been doomed to feel the ache full long of doctor's whip and usher's thong, whilst nature's voice at every blow cried out in thundering accents, Oh! Oft too I've wished, heaven spare my sin, that beams and rafters tumbling in might lay in one stupendous mound thy well-earned honours on the ground, that books and papers, pens and ink, in smoking ruins all might sink. Such thoughts that oft have knit my brow, like midnight phantoms vanish now, and thus my soul, unshackled free, turns with redoubled joy to thee, faithful to this its fondest rule, hail to thee still, proud grammar school. I deem thee, viewing thus thy form, an eagle mounting o'er the storm, for thou, amidst a troubled world, by wars oppressed, by tempests hurled, thou, thou, whilst many a mortal name has perished, standest thus the same. Oh, couldst thou speak in mortal tone, and tell the history of thine own? Couldst thou, so deemed by heavenly fate, burst through thy walls of brick and slate, to tell the course a schoolboy runs, the tricks, the frolics of thy sons. Bright on the crowded list would shine the oddities of me and mine. Thou wouldst not long forget, I trow, to tell of scenes few now can know, that in the breast of many a sire, e'en yet might kindle flames of fire. Some forms are graven on the heart, that never, save with life, can part. And thou, whilst memory yet may stay, to guide one thought of nature's clay, shalt live by me forgotten not, when time shall other visions blot. Still, whilst I bend at mortal shrine, and say this day on earth is mine, my conscious heart in secret glee shall vibrate still to think on thee, whilst I, through life's declining days, will tell thy virtues, sing thy praise. Oh, mayst thou stand thus proud and high, when humbler works of man shall die, mayst thou, or others' pathway shine, a beacon bright as shone o'er mine, and form through many a coming age, the fairest gem of history's page. Death and Sleep by the Reverend W. Gaskell Thrown into verse from Krumacher The evening shades began to creep across the earth when death and sleep 
twin angels on their errand bound with noiseless footsteps walked it round then resting on a hilly place lay down in brotherly embrace though near them rose men's dwellings there a solemn silence filled the air from all the distant hamlets round curfew bell had ceased to sound peaceful and still as is their way awhile the gentle spirits lay till night its clouds around them spread then rising from his mossy bed the angels sleep looked o'er the land and scattered forth with wary hand the slumber grains so fine and light invisible to mortal sight which straight the winds obedient took and round each quiet dwelling shook soon as they entered balmy sleep on all within began to creep down from the sire with locks of snow on helping crutches forced to go to the young child that tired with play soft nestling in the cradle lay at once the sick their pains forgot the poor their hard and anxious lot at once was hushed the mourner's grief all eyes found rest all hearts relief beside his sterner brother then the friendly angel sank again and thinking o'er his kind employ when morning dawns he cried with joy and wakes up men refreshed with rest with what glad thanks shall i be blessed how sweet our task how happy we the viewless messengers to be of the good spirit who hath given to us this ministry of heaven thus did sleep's gentle angel say while death in mournful silence lay but when his brother's look he caught so bright and full of happy thought tears gathered in his large dark eyes such as in those of angels rise ah sweet indeed thy thanks said he but none a blessing gives to me my guerdon is but hate and fear men tremble when they deem me near and say i come but to destroy and scare away their peace and joy not long sleep's angel straight replied shall be sweet thanks to thee denied will not the good their wrong confess and thee with grateful spirits bless when from the slumbers of the tomb in bright immortal strength they come have we not both the same intent are we not by one father sent death smiled as thus his brother spoke a light into his dark eyes broke and linked in still more fond embrace they rested on that hilly place come and pray by the reverend w gaskell thou beset with doubt and sorrow wandering in a sunless way wouldst thou light and comfort borrow child of misery come and pray thou the frail the sin o'ertaken lost in guilt's distressful way wouldst thou find the peace forsaken child of earth repent and pray thou the feeble fading dying wouldst thou chase thy fears away no more on mortal aid relying 
child of death, look up and pray. Coeur de Lyon by William Harper The lamps of heaven are palely burning, the morn in misty robe returning, and tents are on the plain, and mustering hosts with helm and lance, and harness steeds that neigh and prance, the plumed chieftain's reign. The crescent glimmers on the hill, hark how the discord, harsh and shrill, sounds o'er the desert far, the bugle note, the mingling cry, the march of England's chivalry, triumphant to the war, who rages mid the thickest fight, and nerved with superhuman might, hurls havoc on the foe, Christian sign arrays his breast, the plated scales his limbs invest, his arms and axe and bow. From Albion's isles the monarch came, to purge with blood, for Jesus' name, the land of Palestine, where, mid its holy places dwell, with rites obscene the infidel, and mock at Salem's shrine. The loud laments, the dying cry, and mingled foemen redly lie, all cold and ghastly there. The vulture hovers o'er his prey, the howling wolves have tracked their way, the horrid feast to share. Now, Saracen, upon thy head be thrice the righteous blood that shed, yea, tenfold I'll repay. Yet turn, abjure, repent, believe, and freely will I pardon give, and thou art saved today. Kenilworth by William Harper Proud Kenilworth, a ruin stands, that is of old renown. Mid smiling streams and pleasant lands he bows his glory down. My spirit dreams of other days, while yet I gaze on thee, of mailed knights and minstrel lays and queenly revelry. And then I think how sad the things that such mutation know, the pomps of nobles and of kings, are but a passing show. And where are they that in thy halls have suit and service known, who piled thine ivy-tangled walls, unshaped and overthrown? All silent now, in mist and gloom, the shadows of the past, their mansion is the barren tomb, their triumphs could not last. Be mine a portion better far than aught of earth can be, whose glory is a falling star like Kenilworth to thee. End of part twelve. End of Manchester Poetry, edited by James Wheeler. Read by Phil Benson in Sydney, Australia.